Welcome back to the third and final episode of this special series on menopause in the workplace on the 100% Hustle podcast on the Michigan Business Network. In episode two, we discuss the intersection of culture, ethnicity, and menopause, and some simple adjustments that can be introduced to accommodate menopausal symptoms and improve workplace productivity. I'm your host, Vicki Hamilton, and I've been talking with Julie Dennis, Director and Lead Trainer for Menopause at Work from the UK. And from Michigan, United States, I have both Julie Holton, Principal Strategist and Owner of M Connections Marketing Agency, and Dr. Yulia Malayev, OBGYN at Metro Obstetrics and Gynecology. In this final episode of our three-part series, we are going to discuss how to create a menopause-friendly workplace and share menopause-related resources for employers and employees. Julie Dennis, can you start us off today, please? Sure. I think what I'd like to start off by saying is that what we're not trying to do here is single out a specific population. But what we are doing is trying to make better workplaces, better inclusive workplaces for everybody with the accommodations and adjustments. So, you know, some of the really quick wins that organisations can put in place are free sanitary products in the bathroom, right, which are going to be valuable for anyone who menstruates. If your budget doesn't extend to free sanitary products, what I've seen work really well here is that you would provide an initial box of products and then it would work as an honesty box. So you've got a little sign above it saying, if you need to use these, please take yourself and then at your own convenience, replace them. You know, or partnering with an organisation that provides, that does things for period poverty. We've talked a lot about temperature, you know. It is quite difficult to get the temperature right for everyone. I remember back in the day, you know, 20 odd years ago when I was working in an office, everybody was complaining, right? <laughs> whether, whether they were under the aircon, whether they're next to the radiator, whether they're too close to the kitchen. So it's quite difficult to get it right. Some people work in offices, some of us at home, some people are in clinic environments, some people are in factories. So actually, if you're trying to help someone with their temperature, just a little mobile fan is going to be the simplest thing so that they can just impact their own environment rather than disrupt anybody else's. Julie Holton touched on things like, you know, basic things like access to cool drinking water and bathroom facilities, which you think we'd be able to access really easily in the workplace. But oftentimes you can't, you know, especially if you're a customer service clerk, for example, and you've got specific targets to meet, it can be very difficult to go for breaks. But actually, when we're thinking about bathroom breaks, they're not just valuable for people going through menopause. Guys with prostate issues need to get to the bathroom really quickly, too. So let's make that an inclusive change, too. Other things you can think about are how if workwear is specified, can replacements be or additional items be ordered really easily, you know, without it being a massive fuss, looking at whether flexible working is an, is an option and leveraging what you've already got in place. Have a look at your current employee benefits and see which of those will be valuable for people going through menopause too. So then when you're reviewing your benefit policies, your flexible working policy, your mental health policies, your stress risk assessments, whatever protocols and procedures you've got within your organization how can you drop the word menopause into those documents and guidelines to make them more inclusive and make people feel heard and i think the environmental stuff is really important the physical stuff the practicalities are important but what is most important is that people feel okay to say menopause is the reason that i'm not doing well so well today menopause is the reason that i'm not in work today and not expect to be penalized because of that Absolutely. Let's normalize this conversation that we're having mm. here today. This is Julie Holton jumping in. And, you know, from both the perspective of a woman owned business as an employer and as a marketing agency owner, let's talk about the messaging here. 
this is time for us to globally, not just in the US or UK, but to globally start having these conversations. Menopause is a natural part of life for many individuals. I mean, all menstruating people go through at some point version of of menopause or have some sort of impact from who they are as a person on how they're able to perform in the workplace. And so I think talking about it, first of all, it helps our education. It helps us to understand where do these stigmas start? They start when we're making fun of or talking about things that we don't understand, things that we're scared of, things that we just don't have information about. And so in order to break the stigma, we need to normalize the conversation. We need to educate. We need to educate the public. We need to educate employers. We need to showcase the diversity. Menopause affects people of all different backgrounds. Throughout this series, we've talked about how it affects different people differently. And so understanding these symptoms, you know, just the other day, I was at a girl's night out with a group of women, wide variety of ages, talking about all sorts of different symptoms, you know, some having, you know, aches in their bones, just like just different aches in their bodies. And I had no idea that that was tied back to menopause, you know, people just experiencing different things. So instead of making this something to be afraid of, or as employers, something that we're concerned is that is going to hurt our productivity or hurt what we're working on our bottom line. If we focus on our people, that will help our profits, that will help our people to feel more comfortable, our people to feel as they should feel because they're going through a natural process and let's empower them. You know, menopause can be a time. It is a time of change. Like literally the body is changing. So let's, let's empower that. Let's have this be a time for growth. Let's highlight the positive aspects of this stage of life. Let's work on boosting women's confidence. And the fact that when most women go through this period of life, they're in their prime. You know, here Mm -hmm. we are on the Hustle podcast, and by the time you get to menopause, like, look at every life experience you've picked up, where you are in your professional journey. That is when women are at their prime. Instead of losing 10% or more of our workforce to menopause, we should be empowering women and providing for them so that they can keep on going in that hustle as they want to. I love your enthusiasm there, Julie. It's so important, especially as you mentioned, sort of 10% or more throw in the towel and leave work because the symptoms are overwhelming or they maybe haven't had the accommodation or adjustments in their workplace to allow them to do better, do more or feel good doing it. And the anxiety that sometimes comes with menopause too, the last thing you want to be doing is worrying about going to work and how you're going to manage through the day. And so one of the things that is also beneficial from this advocacy effort and the education is that managers will understand how to recognize some of these symptoms and perhaps maybe a little bit better because they have often been misunderstood as perhaps performance issues. If you have someone who's disengaged or keeps leaving the room during a meeting or seems distracted, it may be that they are uncomfortable in terms of the temperature. It may be that they're having a hot flush. It may be that they're having some brain fog. And all of these things could look very different if you don't have your appropriate lens on to see that. And so if we are going to champion advocacy, educate, it is for all folks within the business so that the workplace can be more accommodating. These adjustments can be made and it can be a comfortable conversation. It's not taboo. 
menopause is not a secret. We need to push that out there and say, you know what, it's going to happen in some way, shape or form. We just have to figure it out because it's not the same for everybody. And that is also something that needs mentioning because historically generations didn't talk about it between each other. And then now we're at a stage where communication flows from every angle. So we have opportunity to tap into this information, which is great. But we also have to understand that one person's experience may not be the same as your own or one of your friends. So the idea of us talking about it gives us the totality of all of these symptoms that are are contributing to the larger experience of menopause. Dr. Malayev, is there anything women can do when they're going through this, this stage of their life to help them? So there's a lot of things that can be done. Uh, that's a great question. So number one, you've got to accept that it's going to happen to you. And then you have to reach out for help because I can't tell that you can't concentrate at work. I don't know that your bones hurt when you wake up and it takes you a little while to get moving in the day. I don't know that you've lost seven to-do lists. Like you've got to tell me these things. And then I'll say to you, look, if we break down your menopausal symptoms into two main categories, the vasomotor and like the brain and stuff like that, and the genitourinary syndrome of menopause, like what is the most bothersome symptom that you have? If it's related to your memory, mood, concentration, et cetera, we might talk about some hormone therapy. We might also talk about some mild low-dose antidepressants. And really just like a week or two ago, a new drug hit the market for vasomotor symptoms as well. So there is research being done and we've been waiting on this medication. So we'll have to see how it plays out in the real world and see how efficacious it really is. Obviously in the studies, it looks incredible, but in the real world, it'll be interesting to see. There are also other herbal supplements that you can do and cognitive behavioral therapy. And that may help you in terms of seeming less disengaged or seeming like you've got to leave a room to, you know, recalibrate yourself to be part of your workforce. For me, it's challenging because I've got, you know, 12 exam rooms. Some of them are very cold and I love them on the days that I'm having a lot of hot flashes, but there are days that all of them are too warm for me. And it doesn't matter. I could be in my bathing suit and it would just be too warm at my workplace. And it's hard but I got to just leave myself little notes and then just remember to ask my own doctor about this and then not to put off my health. I think it'll be very helpful the way that Julie Dennis is uh, talking about, you know, this workplace education. This way people will think, oh gosh, maybe these aches and pains aren't arthritis. Maybe this is a gynecological issue that I need to bring up. Maybe I've got to talk about this. And then, you know, we discuss the pros and cons of the various different therapies that these people might need. And then another helpful thing, of course, is to always read, engage with other women who are having the same experiences as you. I just recently started reading a fantastic book about aging. It's called Excuse Me While I Disappear by Lori Nataro, who is a fabulous author. She's so funny. I've almost peed my pants. I had to cross my legs. But that's because of my children, not, not so much because of her. But, you know, all of that is very, like... It needs to be normal to discuss this and it needs to be normal to accept this and to know when to ask for help. Julie Dennis, do you want to talk about some of the resources that are available to help workplaces improve or become better places to work? Yeah, I mean, I think for workplaces, talk to talk to other people within your industry, you know, talk to your peers, um, you know, talk to your people first and foremost and ask them what they want. You know, I can give you a whole list of accommodations or adjustments or resources that might be useful. But actually, you need to find what's going to work for your people. And the quickest way to do that is to ask them whether that's via a survey or focus groups or one to one conversations. I think 
you know, you've got to share what you're already doing as well. So if there are already organisations out there that are doing great stuff around menopause, we want to hear from you, you know, shout it out, use it as part of your marketing and PR. I think Julie Holton will have a few words to say on that too. Make sure it's a workplace where where people want to be at. I was at, uh, sat on a round table a few weeks ago and one of the attendees was the senior HRD for a big financial services company. And they just had their kind of graduate recruiting day, you know, and they get all the graduates in the room and it's all rah, 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 come and work for us. We're a brilliant company. And she said what they'd started getting from these people who've just graduated from university was, well, what are you doing about menopause? You know, what do you have a menopause policy in place? Not because they needed it then, but because they saw it as an indicator of the type of company that they would actually be working for and whether they were just putting on a special show for graduate recruitment day or whether they genuinely wanted to support their people through all life stages and all career stages too. What a fantastic question when you're interviewing a future employer to make sure what the culture is long term, right? Everyone's good at kind of attracting folks into the door, but what do you do once you're in there? Mm Mm-hmm. Julie Holton, you had something that you wanted to offer? Yeah, you know, I think it's important to just say these may not be easy conversations when you're starting to have them for the first time. And we recognize that. If you are someone who has not ever talked to your employees about healthcare like menopause, then this may not seem like a fun topic to bring up, but there are ways to deal with this. I would suggest, you know, start where you are comfortable. Ask your partner. You know, if, if you're a man who's a CEO or running a business, talk to your wife, talk to your daughter, talk to whoever is comfortable in your life, wherever it makes sense to start having conversations. Turn to the next person and say, gosh, what what would have made it more comfortable for you? Or what would make it more comfortable for you now? You can put out anonymous surveys, get feedback from your staff, depending on your organization. Ask them, hey, how are we doing on this? I want to check in. You know, have create a safe way for them to be able to share feedback with you. They may have all sorts of ideas and you may not have to take it on and, and try to figure out from scratch, you know, what should you be doing or not doing? And you know, I think it's just important to be normalizing these conversations, talking about it, also recognizing that generationally, I think that with each generation, it seems that women and girls are becoming more comfortable having uncomfortable conversations and fighting the stigmas. And so it's not going to be comfortable for everyone at first. But the more we start having these conversations, the easier it will get. And it's so important to start talking about it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree with that, Julie. And the reason you've got to ask your people what they need is because if you just go to a standard list of resources, you're probably most likely going to end up with a load of resources going to work really well for for middle class, relatively wealthy white women. But what you want is resources that are going to represent all your employee population. That's a fantastic point. Dr. Malayev, did you want to offer something? So you may also want to look at the North American Menopause Society. They offer a ton of resources. And through those resources, you may be able to find physicians or providers or practitioners in your area who are certified by this association to provide you excellent care and excellent resources. I mean, they have a ton of great stuff on their page, like for patient portal on their website. Thank you, Dr. Malayev. I'll make sure to include all of the resources that we're referring to and that we have to offer with the podcast on the Michigan Business Network. I can't thank all of you enough for your time and expertise in this topic we are calling menopause in the workplace. We are smashing the stigma of menopause and bringing it into the workplace to cultivate better places to work on the 100% Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Hamilton on the Michigan Business Network.